Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, the weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And for the first time in 2023, I am your other host, Jordan Dennis. Welcome back. Third year running. Let's go. Yes, third year running. Third We're... year running. <laughs> Next month is our third year anniversary. Wow, what are we going to do? I don't know. Are we gonna, should we do, do something special? Uh, shake, shaky heads, right in <laughs> and, and tell us if we should do something special for our, for our two-year, three-year anniversary. Um, Whatever's coming up. <laughs> Um, today we are going to be talking about three new releases. Uh, last week, which we skipped to give some personal time to ourselves, but we are going to be talking about the killer doll film, Megan. And from this week, we're going to be talking about the comedy house party and the, um, action the action film, um, plane. Before we get into all that, how are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. We, we had some time off to relax yes, for the new year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I feel, I feel fresh. I feel... I feel rejuvenated. I feel ready to talk about some fucking movies. On God. On God. So, I don't think... Did I mention it? I don't think I mentioned it yet. I just rewatched all the Star Warses. You did not. With our, with our roommate Sam. And uh, I gotta say, generally, across the field, pretty good. Uh, the Star Wars movies. I don't think there's a single one that I, like, actively dislike. We skipped the, uh, the fucking spinoffs, Rogue One and Solo. Because I, I, I don't like Solo. Uh, but even, like, the prequels, like, I, I think they're, like, a big misfire in a lot of ways, and they have a lot of problems, but, like, I, I don't know, something about those movies is just so watchable, I, I don't know what it is, like, they, they operate on this wavelength where, like, like, like you can criticize them, but they still, they, 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 they're confident in themselves, despite the fact that they clearly suck, and I respect that. Yeah. I think that's something that the sequels are lacking, that confidence in themselves. Like if you like if you're gonna be bad and divisive and, and piss people off, stick to it, man. Stick to your guns. Well, Star the the prequels was one person's bad movies, and then the sequels were a, a whole studio's bad movies. At least one bad. movie. So it kind of shows you. Too. Well, uh, true, true that, true that. Uh, no, I really like the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. I don't even hate the Rise of Skywalker. I just it's think just, I, I just think a lot of those, th- those movies mostly are just a lot of missed opportunities. Like even when I watched the Force Awakens, a movie I, I I gave that a four out of five. Like I think that movie's really fun. You watch it and you're just kind of like, oh, I kind of wish they had done like this just to make it a little more like cohesive and coherent. It, it's just uh, my my biggest issue with Star Wars as a whole is they just never use what they have. They're always making up new shit, new planets, new characters, when, like... Like, again, I know a lot of people say this one, but, like, in the prequels, just make Naboo Alderaan, you know what I mean? Like, little shit like that, that would just kind of, like, make that thematic connection just a little stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands, uh, they're, all pretty gr- they're all pretty good. Uh, the, the original trilogy are about as good as movies can get. Um, yeah, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. 
I also watched uh, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Very funny movie. A uh, very funny movie. Very have you seen movie. Borat? A long time ago, but... A very funny but movie. But I, 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 are, I like, have bits imprinted into my brain. Great political that. satire. I think it has aged particularly well in the era of, like, the rehearsal in Nathan For You. Yeah. I think it, 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 it kind of, like, pioneered like, that concept. I, I, ironic... Um, the, the idea that only one person knows they're in a movie, essentially. Like, exactly. You know, it's, it's good. And some of the shit he gets some of these, like, dumbasses to say is fucking Gold. incredible. Incredible Gold, stuff. Yeah. I will be watching... Uh, Subsequent movie film at some point. Borat gets a three and a half out of five. The first one. I think that's it. I think that's all I watched. Um, I did a couple rewatches. I rewatched The Menu and Nope. Both movies I still really like. Um, I watched for the first time this this odd little movie called Southland Tales. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, which was Richard Kelly's follow up to Donnie Darko back in the mid two thousands. Oh. Um, I did not know that that's who directed it. And this is what happens when a director makes one hit movie and thinks that they're invincible. Um, this is what happens. Yeah. It is so inscrutable and incomprehensible. Um, that's, fa- that's fascinating crazy. watch though. Has predicted uh, quite a bit of like the American culture in terms of like um, the era of like Trump and stuff. Like it was a. It was a satire on the Bush administration, but a lot of it, like, is, is very relevant now. So, like, in terms of, like, um, predictive programming, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of fascinating. In yeah. terms of a movie... No, not fascinating at all. It's either a one and a half or a two, depending on how nice I'm feeling. Damn! Uh, it's unique. <laughs> so, certainly, certainly. A swing. A big swing, as we call it in the... Uh... And then the only other thing I watched was The Last of Us. Um, yeah, the pilot, came, yeah, the pilot yeah. came out, and I loved it. And the games are are my favorites of all time. I, I adore them. Mass Effect Two, crying in the corner. I mean, Mass Effect Two is all the <laughs> other one, but but they're my favorite games of all time. And this one, I was really afraid that it wasn't going to justify its own existence, but it's changing the narrative in a way that's really compelling and works better for TV than a video game format. I'm so excited to watch more. Um, and then we both saw some new movies, but... Yeah, do you, so, do you want to talk about, do you want to talk about Sick? Yeah, and then you can walk, talk about the other one. Yeah. So Sick is a movie that just came out on uh, Paramount Plus, and it was conceptualized and it's shot... the official streaming service of the Cinema Shakedown <laughs> podcast. It was, it was conceptualized and shot during COVID, and it's, it was written by Kevin Williamson of Scream fame. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is a slasher film set during the pandemic about two college girls who decide to go quarantine out in, uh, in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and they're stalked by, stalked by a ruthless, uh, killer who's trying to get into the house. That's kind of fucked up. <clears throat> and this movie, you know, the first 30 minutes or so, I was like, eh, this is okay, it's pretty clunky. The dialogue is, is pretty ropey. Um, I was just like, there was some fun direction, and I liked the opening scene, but like after that I was like, I don't know about this. As soon as the home invasion stuff starts in the second act, that 30-minute chunk is... Shit. <laughs> it's so good. He, he, the, the way this director, uh, frames, like, the chase sequences, there, there's such a clear sense of geography, there's such a, uh, a sense of, like, energy and, like, kinetic 
filmmaking. He keeps doing really creative things. I found out the director, uh, John Hyams, he's um, he's known for some direct-to-DVD stuff, like oh, the shit. Universal Soldier direct-to-DVD Whoa. movie. Okay. But like, uh, so he's not really like anyone super well known, but he he's got a style. He directs the he's shit out kinetic. of this. Um, and. Yeah, I, I just thought this rock. It's cheesy, it's corny, and probably in a little bit of bad taste. Um, but I had a blast with it, and I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Love that. Thought three, it was awesome. Three and a half for sick. Yeah. I saw a silly little goofy movie <laughs> at the theater last night called Skinnamarink. I wanted to see this. I didn't get a chance. I haven't gotten a chance yet. <laughs> Man, so Skinnamarink is a film about uh, a, a two siblings, a brother and a sister, who wake up one night in their house to discover that their their father has disappeared and that all the doors and windows in their house are disappearing as well. That's the plot synopsis it gives you on, like, everything. And then from that point, uh, the night gets a little freaky for them. So, the, 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 thing, about this, the thing about this film is yeah. that it's raw as fuck. Oh, okay. <laughs> is the thing. But it's also, like... I, I don't really have a lot of experience with, like, abstract, avant-garde, like, cinema, whatever, you know what I mean, yeah. like, like, lacking, like, a narrative or whatever, so I wasn't really sure how I would, uh, how I would warm up to this movie going into it, but mm. no, this is, this is, like, the real deal, this is, this is legit, it, um, it, it captures that feeling of when you're a little kid, and you're, like, in bed at night with the TV on, and you're just mortified staring at your closet door all night because you're waiting for the monster to come out. Like, it captures that, that specific kind of fear from your childhood so well. And just the the, the direction on this thing is stellar. Like, it, it, the technical aspects, like, uh, I mean, the sound design, the the cinematography, like, it's, it's always these, these strange, off-putting angles of the house. And then the whole thing is shot... It was shot digitally, but but it's made to look like an old like it's set in 1995, so it's made to look like an old, old film. like camcorder like type. So like they even play with like because the screen is so grainy, there are just shots of like darkness, but the grain is like moving. So you kind of look and you're like, oh shit, is there <laughs> bless you? Is there is there something in there? So it, it's constantly like. It, again, it's that fear of like looking into a dark space and just not knowing what's yeah. back there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it's childhood nightmare simulator for an hour and forty minutes. I thought it was raw as hell. Um, I, I would definitely love to get into more like like uh, experimental analog horror like this, but but as it stands, Skinner Ring's pretty raw. It's the real deal. I know it's uh, I know it's kind of controversial, kind of. Um, I kind of mixed things. Some uh, people like it's some people it scares the shit out of them, and some people find it boring. It's uh, okay. It is it is slow. I'm not gonna deny that. Like yeah, the, there yeah, are. Yeah. It, it's about. But that's like that's that's what that's what makes the scary bits so scary. Is it's so it just builds that tension because so you have, well. You, yeah. You're just constantly anticipating something jumping out, but it's not it's not that kind of movie. You know what I mean? Like you never find out like what is really going on, I guess, which is kind of a spoiler, I guess, but uh, it's it, it, it adds to that that mystery, that fear. Is, it, is it the kind of movie where, like, you just gotta let it wash over you? Kind of. You just kind of gotta get on the wavelength and experience it. Like, okay. but, but from, the, from the first, like, opening shot, like, you know what kind of movie this is. Okay. It, it never, uh, but it's ne it never, like... I, I, would, I wouldn't call it pretentious. Like, it never, it, it never strikes me as, like, trying to, like say something you know what i mean yeah. it's just a really cool concept executed super well 
Um, and I think all the, everyone involved should be super proud of themselves. I'm glad that this got, like, good word of mouth, and I'm glad it's finally, uh, able to be seen by a majority of people. I give Skin of a Rink a 4 out of 5. Very nice. Uh, I did, uh, it missed my ranking for last year, but if I had ranked it last year, it would have been, like, my 16. It would have just missed my honorable mentions. Okay. But no, it was good shit. Hell yeah. You want to get into the ones we've seen? Let's get into the new movies, dog. Do we just want to talk about... In order we saw. Order we saw, let's start with that... With, start with our with our with our girl, Megan. So Megan revolves around this little girl that I'm looking up her name. It's like Katie. Uh, Katie sounds right. Uh, oh god, it was a long time ago I saw this. Um, K- yeah, Katie C A D Y. Katie. Oh. Stupid ass. That's how they spell it, Mean Girls. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Um, and her her parents die in a car accident. Um, that she's present for, so she, so she goes to live with her aunt, yes. who, Allison Williams. who works at this, um, she's like a, a toy company, yeah. and, she's they're, like a toy developer. and they're developing this, like, artificial intelligence in this doll to help kids, it, it can, like, respond emotionally, it can fucking, to like, help kids, and he, and she's like, okay, I'm gonna help Katie deal with her trauma by letting her, like, her this doll. test, test this, um, um, Little did Allison Williams know she created a gay icon. A gay icon. Um, the programming works a little too well. A little too well. And um, she because she basically uh, becomes is like, like obsessed and attached with. She Katie. will do anything to protect Katie, and, and then that leads to homicide. Yep, mayhem. What do you think of Megan? Um. Eh. I think I I actually I, so that astounds me. Because like you're a big you're a big malignant guy. Yes, I am. And you you were just talking about how much of a of like a Kevin Williamson guy you are, like with sick and scream and everything. So it's like, I I I'm curious as to why this didn't work for you because like I understand that it's like corny and cheesy and like you know some of the performances aren't great, but like I think I think it captures that 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 vibe so well and it's so fun. This movie. I won't deny that I had fun watching it. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's an instance, and I don't, I, I, this is not like a way of, of me putting down people who like it, but I feel like people are, are kind of accepting the bare minimum for, for camp horror nah, man. here. I, I don't think you see the vision. I don't think you get it. I, I guess what, I do. What would you rather this movie have done? Well, be R-rated for one. So sure. I'm, I'm interested in the director's cut that I've been touting online yeah. of coming out. Like, I'll, I'll watch that. Yeah. Because it does feel censored for content at a, at a few different points. Sure. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, I found the writing to be pretty corny and stilted a lot of it. And I, and I guess that's the point. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm going for. Well, but it's also, also, but it's, also it's, it's, it's not really what you're there for. But I also found you know the performances I mean? to be pretty stilted. Most oh, of them. come on. Uh, I, I, the only performance I didn't like was the CEO. I thought Allison awesome. Williams was really good. I thought I thought the actress who plays Megan was awesome. She's good. She's uh, the best part of Me- Megan is the best part of the Everything around Megan is the best part. She's the one that made me laugh. She's the one. But, but everything with Allison Williams, I could give less of a fuck about. I thought she was boring. You leave and her alone, life, man. I, I thought the performance was weak. That's, uh, yeah. well, how does it feel to be a minority now? Now you understand what, impre- what oppression's like. You, you just don't get it. You, you're not on the Megan army. I guess And I, that's I'm fine. Not, and that's, not, that's okay. People like, are I, loving this movie. It's, it's a blast, man. No, I thought this movie was awesome. I thought, I, I thought the characters were really fun. I thought Megan herself was, 
was a great character. Like you said, every time she's on screen, it's so entertaining. And thank God she's on screen for most of like the for second. Sure. She does something in this movie that made me laugh out loud. Was it the? Uh, the... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, see, the thing about the R rating is it didn't bother me until after I was after I was done watching the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. while I'm there, I didn't really like pick up on it. Um, but I I don't know, man. I thought this was a blast. I I think this would go like right along with Malignant in terms of just like. These cheesy, like, throwback horror types. It's like it's like a throwback in the vibe, but it deals with, like, modern... It's basically like a Black Mirror episode, essentially. Maybe. Yeah, it, um, it's it's kind of breaking down, like, I also, I, iPad babies. I also really like what it has to say about iPad babies and parents who choose to raise their kids exclusively on fucking content and machinery and not actually, you know... Spend time with their kids and emotionally connect with them. Conceptually, I like it. I just didn't find the execution to be good. I don't know. Again, I had fun with this movie. Yeah. I, I thought it was a blast. In theaters, everyone seemed to be having fun. Um, but I, I don't know. It just it fell flat for me. Rare Kyle L. Yeah. Wet blanket moment. I guess so. Yeah. I give Megan a four out of five. This movie rips. Go see it. Uh, two and a half. It's incredibly disappointing. Did you, did you feel that? Did you feel the wind get knocked out of the room Dude, with that? That was fun. We were fucking rolling. We were fucking on a... We were doing so... And then that's just gonna be sitting here, hands and hands, listen, like, clasped I, for the rest of that. Li- listen, yeah. if I... If I, I was good. If I, didn't, uh, if I didn't take the wind out of the sails, the next movie we talk about would certainly do it. That's a good segue. House Party. Give us a plot rundown of House Party. Alright, so there's these two guys and they're cleaners and they clean LeBron James' house and they decide to throw a party there so they can make money to send one of their kids to school. And things go wrong. This movie is poop. Yeah, this is the worst movie I've ever seen, I think. Um, <laughs> well, no, it is. No, I think it might. No, you know what, Kyle? I think it might be. Um, no, this movie, like, I, I, what is there even to say? Like, okay... If uh, for those of you who are out there who are old enough to remember the original House Party, uh, picture that. But if it wasn't funny, wasn't like classic or iconic in any kind of way, the party itself, which is being advertised as being this like big kookies, like you know zany event, like is the most tame part. I've been to crazier parties than that one, like. It's just, it's so, you know what, I think that is, this movie's so safe and predictable. There's not a single moment that surprised me in any, like, positive kind of way. And that sucks for a movie that's trying to, like, promote itself as, like, Project X. Well, that's the thing, too. Um, This movie is so safe for so much of it that when it decides to go cartoony... It feels completely out of place because that's not the tone they've been It's too little, with. too late because they try to cram all the zaniness into like the last twenty minutes, and, and it doesn't it's feel like, like it fits it. Nope. It feels like, like a different movie. Like we were not watching this movie. Like uh, this movie could have benefited so much from just being zanier and crazier. Uh, Fucking the cameos are lame too. Besides, they're, they're all, like, none of them are given any kind of like relevance or even any kind of like pomp and circumstance. It's just like, oh, there's Lil Wayne, there's Snoop, there's fucking. Like, I chuckled a couple times at this movie. Sure. Um, but the main characters are annoying, especially one of them. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. The, the two the two main characters are really unlikable. They're just... They're, they're assholes to each other. They're, they're, they remind me of the Always Sunny gang. Like, they're just schemers. Like, always just trying to get one up on people. 
Uh, I guess they learn a lesson in the end, but no, they're they're still awful, awful people. Um, it's presented, I mean, which makes sense because the director's a music video director. It's presented like a music video. Uh, yeah. I, so there's a handful of shots that are okay, I guess. It's competent it, from a visual if, perspective. If you want to understand, like, how just, like, dated and out of touch and just dumb this movie is, there's a scene at the party where someone takes one hit of a bong and then, like, trips balls, as if this is, like, a comedy from 1994 or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's almost like they're, they're remaking a movie from 1994 that shouldn't be fucking remade. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie sucks. The wrong kind of throwback. Truly, truly. It, it's it's not a throwback, it's dated. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it's just, yeah, you know what, yeah, yeah, it, right, it, right, right. It, it just, it can't, it's, it's trying to be, like, a 2023 movie with these weird like 2000 sensibilities i don't know it's all over the place tonally and comedically like none of the jokes really land all that much again like i i slightly exhaled some nose out of or some air out of my nose yeah i chuckled at one point. briefly at points the koala is pretty funny the koala is kind of funny and what they end up doing in the a koala of- shows up at the party Ooh, isn't that crazy the only good the only fu- a kind of funny part in the movie is when they leave the party and go somewhere else <laughs> if we want to get into spoilers, I mean, fuck it. Does anyone, is anyone going to see House Party? I mean, we might as well. Fuck it. Alright, spoiler for House parties. Uh, one and a half out of five. Also a one and a half. This movie is that meme uh, where it's that lady in the grocery store and she just puts like a bag of frozen chicken nuggets on her head. She's so and the cat's like, Oh my god, she's so crazy. Like, that's this movie. Yeah. Um. So, at one point at the party, so they're throwing the party. So this movie skips its second act. Uh, there's, like, the first act where they're, like, discussing the party, and then there's no setup for the party, and then they just go to the party. Yeah. Like, the part, like, like, again, like, it's fucking, it's just, like, this movie's so raw, like, they just, they, this movie wants to be done with itself so fast. It's, like, racing. And yet it feels so long. Yeah. I think this movie was a tax write-off. 100%. (laughs) Probably. That is, that is my... Headcanon is that all these famous people wanted to throw a big house party, but didn't want to pay for it, so they wrote, they wrote a, a dumbass script, remade house party, as an excuse for all these people to get together and get fucking trashed and wasted. I guess so. Anyway, so they meet Kid Cudi at the party, and Kid Cudi at the end, they have to get, uh, so they're throwing the party at LeBron James's house, who's like out on vacation or something like that, so that's why they're throwing the party there. And the antagonists of the film steal LeBron's championship ring, so they have to go to the Illuminati to get a copy of it back. And so they go into this fucking, like, eyes-wide-shut-ass fucking yeah. party, like, masquerade ball with all these, like, like famous elites. And it's like, this is the zany shit uh, we've been missing this entire runtime. This happens, like, in the last 20 minutes of the movie, and it's fucking... it's. It's too little, too late. It's way too little and feels totally out of place with the rest of the movie. It's the most entertaining part, but like... This movie's basically just the plot of Babylon. Uh, yeah, it's like, what if Babylon <laughs> sucked? What if Babylon sucked? Babylon, yeah. LeBron's version? Yeah. Is that, 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 that was a lot of yeah. <laughs> Shout out. But this movie sucks. It's not funny. It's not creative. Yeah. And there's no... It's a nothing movie. I don't believe anyone who listens to this podcast has has or had any interest in seeing the house party remake we're the only ones but if, if this is your sign take it don't see it it's not worth it one and a half out of five shit sucks one and a half better movie coming up yeah plane a movie with gerard butler jerry b our man uh gerard butler is, is on a plane he's a pilot um they hit some bad weather 
That shit's going down. Yeah, that plane's going the fuck down. <laughs> and they crash on a remote island um, that's unfortunately out of all country jurisdiction and is run like by it's, it's like from, separatists. It, yeah, so the military like won't even go there. Um, and so Gerard Butler has to team up with a fugitive that was being transported on the plane played by Mike Coulter to survive and get all the passengers home safe. Pretty simple premise. Pretty simple premise. Uh, feels like a script from 2000 era, like 2001. Which is crazy because uh, I would say the same thing about House Party, except in this case, it actually works out pretty good. This movie is fun. This movie is your dad's new favorite movie. This is going to be a TNT, TNT staple classic. For, for years to come. I, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this movie was like high drama or anything, but in terms of like a, a perfectly adequate, serviceable action film... This is this is was up my alley. Like it's fun. The performances are all good. Yeah, Gerard Butler's good. Uh, Mike Coulter needs to be in more stuff. Yeah, he does. Uh, he, he does. He's he gets a lot to do in the beginning of this movie. His character kind of gets benched towards the end of the movie. Yeah, he um, does. So I wish I wish he had a little more to do in this. But I, I really like that guy. I want to see him in more stuff, especially if uh, if Luke Cage is done. Fucking bring him back. I really like it. And despite the kind of lull in the beginning of the second act, yeah, yeah. Once the, once they get to the island and they're kind of figuring out like how do we survive, like it. it Lot, but once once you get into the very like practical squishy violence, of yeah, this movie, the, it, it rocks. The first action scene happens about halfway through this movie, unless you count the, uh, the, plane the actual crash. Um, and it comes like as a complete surprise, like it comes out of nowhere, and it's 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 so cool. It's the very well filmed uh, light spoilers, I guess, describing an action scene. But it's it's like this really like dirty, grimy, just fucking. They're like choking each other, like. Headlocks and shit, because no, none of them are like trained fighters, so it's yeah. it's not that kind the of fight. The camera's like canding at weird <laughs> angles and like when, when he's when he's choking the guy out at the end, the edges of the frame start to get like blurry and strained, like like, it, you, like you're getting hurt in a Call of Duty game. But a very clear like sense of of cohesion, yeah. like you can tell what's going on, and that's throughout all of it. For sure, no, the action is all shot really people, well. Like, people getting shredded by bullets, and uh, like there's one bit where they're they're doing like stealth kills in the camp, and Mike Coulter's got a fucking sledgehammer, and he's just creeping dudes with it it's just fun and and again it, it knows what it is yeah. it, it, it knows exactly what it is and, the, and this is a hard movie to like spoil because i feel like you, you know exactly where it's going like from the beginning but it's just a fun ride to like get there like if you, if you watch the trailer for this movie and you're like i'm in it's not going to disappoint you like no. this, this this movie is exactly as advertised you're going to get exactly what 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 you think and for some people that's going to be great for some people it's not um, for me, I had a blast. It has a simplicity of almost like a direct-to-DVD movie, but, like, no, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, like, it knows what it is. Villain sucked. Yeah. Uh, the villain's really bland. Great head of hair, though. Great head of hair. Troy, yeah. Troy Palomalu ass. I, I just want to get into a couple spoilers. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, but I'll give it a three out of five. Three out of five. That's funny. We have, we have, we have a Goldilocks situation today. Megan, we were very divided on. House party we both thought sucked. And playing we both thought was good. Um, so, um, my my favorite bit is when um, people they they it's a fucking fifty cal sniper. So they so just like like the the company that owns the airline gets like a private like uh, mercenary group to like drop into the island and retrieve the passengers and one of them brings like a fucking parent 50 cal so it's like one of those snipers you gotta like mount and set up so during like, the final set piece when gerard butler's trying to get the plane to take off and get in a ready one of them just sets up the sniper 
and is blowing holes in people. Like it's going through cars and then launching people, exploding them. Some really fun, like, stunt work and people get Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the villain's death. The best kill in this movie, uh, he's taking the plane off and, and right as the landing gear goes up, it fucking smashes into the villain and pins him into a fucking jeep. And he just gets obliterated. Obliterated. That's right up there with Violent Night as as my favorite kill in recent memory. That was good. That right. was really gnarly. I knew that plane was going to get him. I was like, I was like, he's either flying into the fucking turbine engine or something. I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. Nobody flew into the turbine engine. Yeah. But I guess how you going to take the plane off of a yeah, I a guess person so. flies into that engine. Whatever, fucking. <laughs> um. Yeah. It just it feels it feels like it belongs in the same camp of like uh, action movies as like Air Force One. Yeah, plane movies. Yeah, yeah, right there you uh, go. Flight with Denzel Washington. That is not... <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, you could change the two titles of these movies, and I think it would... Yeah. I think it would, it would be fine. You see Gerard Butler fought to get it to keep the title plane. Did he really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Okay, thanks, thanks Jerry. He wanted it. <laughs> so I probably like that title. I don't... Plane. Uh, is, does that have, like, a double meaning or something? Or no, is it just, is it just so. about the plane? It's just about the plane, bro. Uh, Jerry Fee, he, he I, love I, him. I like him. He's I love a good him. actor. I think I think we have like we're 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 coming close on his like uncut gems. He's in one of my favorite bad movies. Uh, God's of Egypt. God's of Egypt. He's in Three Hundred, which is pretty good, which you still need to see. I do. <sighs> plane, 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 plane. Planes, trains, automobiles. That's the episode. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I've ever seen us like trail off like that. That was awesome. We all we all, we went just kind of zombie mode. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to the episode. Thank, thank you, you for joining us back. Twenty. We're gonna have a good year. We're gonna have a great year. We hope we hope to see you guys stick around with us for for twenty twenty three. We got some we got some stuff in the pipe. If you like the podcast, you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown, and you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at J underscore Dennis99 and on my at my name, Jordan Dennis, on Letterboxd. Kyle, tell the people what we're talking about next week. Next week, we are going to be talking about the new uh, all-on-a-computer movie Missing, yes, and so we're going to be the go- spiritual sequel to searching. So we're also going to be talking about searching, searching and missing. Oof, that's good. I hope I don't get those mixed up. <laughs> Absolutely. You can also uh, catch me this next upcoming week on the uh, podcast uh, Clapper Clappercast. Um, I will be on their episode for missing. Um, I hope I like it because I'm going to be doing two podcasts about it. So I hope I have enough to say about it. Let's go. Um, but yeah, have a good day. Peace.